0: Hey, welcome to Split the Difference, the podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Whitney. Episode 0038. Okay, we good. Because no I just made
1: the panic face like, oh shoot, what is it? Of course Alan knows.
0: Let me ask you a question. Mm. If you were to describe me...
1: Oh my man, okay.
0: Would you say that I could simultaneously be arrogant and self-aware?
1: I don't think you're arrogant at all.
0: Now, if you had a super,
1: are you, are you asking just in general? Is it is it possible to be both of those things at one time?
0: Uh, all of the above.
1: Okay, yeah, those two things are not mutually exclusive.
0: But it's it's relatively rare for an arrogant person to be very self aware.
1: I disagree.
0: Ooh, you disagree with M. Um,
1: it's so interesting. In the work that I do, we do three hundred and sixty assessments on, on, uh, often with yes. our with our leaders that we work with, and um. People can be very reactive, meaning that they are they they rule more with an iron fist than sort of like getting people at the table and, and creating alignment. Um they they perhaps could be more prone to you know, things like directives as opposed to like making decisions together. Anyway, some of them know that about themselves. Right. They can be they can assume that they are the best, and they want it their way, and what I mean—it's not exactly what you're talking about. No, but it's not. I actually feel like those two things. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised to see those two things come through in one person. You can be self-aware, and you can also be aware that you're a dick.
0: I, I think that's relatively rare. though. Yeah. I think, oh, okay. I think arrogant well, people probably would think everyone loves me because I'm like the best at this thing. Do
1: you think that being arrogant? Being arrogant means that everyone loves you or being arrogant means that you think you're better than everyone
0: else I think it means the latter but I think that I think the logic would be I'm the best at this so
1: therefore people would like, like me. the
0: best mm. therefore people would like me
1: Yeah that might be true and I so I don't know.
0: there would be like this gap of like oh people think you're a jerk and it's like, mm. why I'm really great at the thing I do
1: Yeah No I don't think you're arrogant though I I think I could understand why someone might call you that but I think that might be a lack of oh. language on their part,
0: you're saying that they're, that they're simple people.
1: I don't think that you think you're better than everyone else. I don't think I don't think you think in those terms often. I don't think that's your go-to about other people. Thank you. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you could be, but I, I would. I don't know how self-aware
0: you are. Actually, looks like my acting coach is paying off. <laughs> Whitney, what are you drinking?
1: Um, it's a weird concoction that I made. Of
0: you were very happy about it.
1: I, I, I was happier with the first batch. This is the second batch. And I, I gotta be honest, it's really a temperature thing because I let the, the bubbly sit out. But it is a concoction of um, cherry bubbly, which is one of my favorites of the bubbly waters. Mm. And um, a little bit of crawfish bitters from El Guapo bitters. Okay, Nola. Anyway, uh, that, regular Angostura bitters, and then a little bit of PIMS. Mm. So it has a nice uh, ruby color and only a tiny bit of alcohol. It's good
0: though. I'm gonna ask you to rank something. I know. That's the bit.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm ready. There are five, count them five, Mm. upcoming Disney live action movies coming out between now and the end of 2020. I'm so mad at
1: you, okay.
0: And I want you to rank your enthusiasm for these live action movies. I'm gonna give you the movies. The Lion King. Maleficent, Mistress of Evil.
1: Maleficent already happened, didn't it?
0: Maleficent happened. This is Maleficent, Mistress of Evil.
1: Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. God, it's so sassy.
0: Lady and the Tramp. Oh, Whitney, very unhappy. Mulan. Mm-hmm. And Cruella, which is the live-action adaptation of One Hundred and One Dalmatians.
1: Because Maleficent went so well, we need more villain stories. Um. Okay. Uh. Lady and it. the Tramp is number five
0: for sure. Why? You are not pumped up for a little Lady and the no, Tramp? No, actually, I?
1: you know what? Lion King. Lion King. I'm actually going to say is the is number five. Okay, five being the worst because you really didn't need to redo that movie. the The animated version is amazing. It's with Elton John. Uh, what's his name? James Earl Jones. Jones. Uh, what's the JTT? Is Baby Simba. Hmm. Remember JTT? No, no, you wouldn't. But um. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Ah, <laughs> seriously. Home Improvement. You know, I saw Jonathan. him once at a at a frat party when I was in college. He is a tiny man.
0: Similar to his career, the, tiny career. Good one. Thank you. Good one. Recovered.
1: Uh, very delicate features as well. <laughs> he would make a good drag queen. Um, so that one is is by far the one I'm least excited to see because I have n- there was there was no need to extend that further. I would have, no caveat. The Broadway show, which I have not seen, because okay. I don't care about Broadway. No. I've been told is absolutely incredible. Production design, costumes, all that stuff really does take it to another level. Right. That being said, you can only go down from here. Right. There is no way to top it. But Beyonce's
0: going to be in this one.
1: I don't care. I'm sorry, I'm getting really upset. Okay, so that's number five. Uh, Lady in the Tramp is uh, number four, and only because I think the people <laughs> who love Lady and the Tramp Love it. But most people don't actually care about it. Or know about it. Or know about it. I loved it as a kid because it was my sister's favorite. So we would watch it often. Um, and I think it's adorable. I like it very much. Hmm. Again, there's nowhere to go. Are they hoping to then like, Whoa, like this is a introduce it to... Anyway. Okay. So that's number four. <laughs> um, I get. I guess Cruella as right the, the next middle. one. Again... Glenn Close was Corella Deville in the 101 Dalmatians. Great. And I cannot imagine that there's any I mean, who are they talking about casting? Is there any chatter about it?
0: Uh, I, I don't think there's any chatter about any of this.
1: Patricia Clarkson might be good. Okay. okay. She's a little too nice in real life. Um Merrill. <laughs> Merrill's always a good choice. I'm
0: trying to think of The legend.
1: Like, like angry old er white ladies that people would wanna. I don't
0: know. Hillary Rodham Clinton? I feel like there Making a turn, jokes. leaning into the jokes, leaning, leaning into the stereotype. Jokes, okay. yeah. She eats puppies.
1: Um, <laughs> I, I mean, to me, I feel like it could be good. One, I, I don't actually care what Corella Deville's backstory is. Two, it depends on who they cast. But really, I don't care.
0: December twenty twenty. <sighs>
1: Jeez, so many things about twenty twenty that I'm dreading. Um, so there's that, and then I guess. Uh, Maleficent yes. being the second one. Again, I didn't see the one with Angelina Jolie. Nor did I. Um, of like d- Disney villains that I want to know more about, she is not the top of the list. But I care more about her backstory, I suppose, than Coral devilles I guess Kay. I don't care about either of them. I don't think they're they're all bad ideas. Um, and then Mulan being number one, and I actually am kind of excited. It, huh. Mulan because I think Mulan is a really underrated Disney movie. Um, and uh, the trailer for it looked pretty beautiful, so oh. it's like it—it it feels like a very sweeping epic, right? As opposed to like fun Disney movie, and you know, there's some there's some historical, obviously, artistic license happened, but there's like some historical significance of the characters and how they fit together, and I don't know, maybe they'll do something cool with it. Nice. I don't care though. Oh. I need to make it clear, that's the one I don't care about the least, but I still don't
0: care. This was a strong list by you. Thank you. I, I wouldn't, I'm It not took way too many minutes. Well, I'm not going to watch any of these, and, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to rank any of these.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to watch any of them either.
0: However, this does lead into our first story. Let's do it. A lot of tension in the air. Live action Little Mermaid is, is, uh, is happening, it's being oh, cast.
1: Poor white people, they're so sad about their, their merwoman.
0: There's going to be a black Ariel. Halle Bailey. Halle Bailey. Uh, She's it, a cutie pie. Is, is has been cast as uh, aerial and white social media is up in arms, up in their tails, hands and tails in the air. <laughs> um, What, like, so, and I, I guess this fits into a larger conversation that I am not well-equipped to have, but I think yeah. you are, is around the diversifying of the Disney landscape. I, I was reading in, in one of these articles that there have been researchers and just people on the internet that have noted the aerial face, how that face in the animated movies is kind of over and over kinda of used the same again. Face. It's the same, same face. Yep. Which I never noticed and that's kind of not surprising but thoroughly remarkable. Yeah. Um and how in, in subsequent casting of these movies it's live action productions, there is a diversification and it is really cutting to the core of people's experiences and so A, are you excited about Halle ba- uh, Bailey and B, what do you make of the larger chatter of people losing their you know, mermaid siren person who's not going to kill anyone so I am the I
1: am, I am excited for Halle Bailey because she's probably really excited about it I don't care personally. No, but what I think is really cool is the opportunity for for young women and little girls to grow up and see more diversity of amazing female characters that they want to emulate. I was never the girl that like loved um, Ariel when I was a kid. I loved Belle. Like I wanted to be Belle. Um, I didn't look anything like her, but you Belle know, Belle with the they, E at the end. Belle with the E at the end, Belle as L- opposed to what Belle? Belle Hooks. Is that what we're talking about? Lord, I idolized I her Lord when I was B. in grade school. That's right. But, well, and H. Lowercase everything. Whoa, we are just talking about Belle. Anyway. So, um, yeah, I mean, I get, I, I'm always for an opportunity for a young woman to look at a screen and see someone who looks like her because that, I didn't feel like I grew up that way. I guess technically I look the most like Princess Jasmine, but I didn't. I mean, I didn't as a little girl. I always had short hair. I didn't, walk around feeling like harem clothing described to me I, I wore shorts and t-shirts all the time as a kid so mm. I, didn't, I didn't identify <laughs> with Belle I guess either now that I'm thinking about it but she was my favorite um for as, for as long as I can kind of remember but even then I just think that somebody wrote something it was a tweet I think about a, a young woman saying when Ariel first came out Because she had red hair and all the other princesses didn't. Right. There was something that made her say like, oh my God, how cool That's someone who looks like me. Again, someone who's half fish, but like how cool there's someone who looks like me. And that person said, and I'm really excited for the fact that now little black girls will get a chance to see someone who looks like them in their, in this cool fantasy movie and be really excited by that. Yeah. And that's what I think is like the best part of it is it's an opportunity for people to just see more diversity of what's represented, what's beautiful, what's, what to aspire to, things like that. Um, and in terms of the backlash, you asked me that question, right?
0: I did. Okay. Not in the terms, other host.
1: <laughs> well, I just, you stacked the questions and then I got so into the first one, I forgot what the second one was. Um, in terms of the backlash, I think it's really interesting when people get very up in arms about... Um, you. You mentioned that I'm in a unique position to do this, and it's because of my, uh, my love for Reddit. Yes. And I was telling you that I was, I follow a subreddit that's called Unpopular Opinions, and there was one where, and it wasn't about this particular uh, movie, but it was one where someone was essentially saying that um, taking a character from source material that is white and then making that character non-white mm-hmm. is just as bad as the opposite essentially making a character that is for example Last Airbender they took all these characters that were Asian um, and then turned them into white people um, what is that the movie Gods of Egypt or something where
0: oh my goodness. the entire cast yeah. is white
1: people and it's like okay we couldn't find any olive skin motherfuckers for this so um, anyway the
0: answer was no. no
1: no they don't exist Whitney stop
0: it's like a Seinfeld it was like, there's no one in New Apparently. York really
1: no okay there's no one there's no one. So, one, that's bullshit. And I feel like the reason why people make that argument is an idea that, like... <sighs> I think part of it is, like, people want to hold on to what they love. So, like, if you grew up with Ariel being this white character with red hair, and you are excited about a new version of that coming out, yeah, you're, you're still stuck with, like, that's the idea of what that is. Right. Um... And the other thing about it is I think people just fundamentally misunderstand character development in stories.
0: How much of, of, of The Little Mermaid, or how much of any of these characters, does their whiteness matter in the story?
1: Well, considering that there are not mermaids,
0: Last time I what tried. does it
1: matter if the mermaid is a white person or a black person or covered that, in that's scales? That's thing, right. It doesn't matter. And so I think... When you think about certain characters, yes, you want to stay true to the essence of who they are, but the characters cannot be divergent from the story. So if there's some reason why a Black Mermaid would be a distraction from the story, right. then maybe don't make that choice. So uh, you know, an example being, um, one of the examples someone used in that subreddit was Black Panther. Right. Like, what if Black Panther had been a white guy? And I was like, well... It's actually a pretty important part of the character that he's from Africa. Yes. And that he's a black African. So that doesn't work. You can't replace that person with a white person or an Asian person or a Hispanic person. Correct. Without fundamentally changing the story. Now you could change the story.
0: A Last Samurai type situation.
1: I just... That's what I'm saying is like there's a fundamental disconnect between what it actually means to craft a story and create characters. Mm -hmm. And... When people are creating diversity where there isn't any, in general, there's no changing of the story. No, no. Um, When they, in um, The Hunger Games, there was a character that did not have a race in the book, but everybody kind of assumed was white because that's what people do. Right. Yes. And I think even people of color assume if someone doesn't have a race, it often means that's a white person because... We live in a largely It's, white not, remarked
0: upon, it's, a, it's, it's not, not remarked upon. If it's not remarked upon, I think
1: often, or if there's no sort of phenotypical markers where you could say this person had sort of tight, kinky, curled hair, or this person had uh, almond-shaped eyes, if there's no sort of phenotypical description where you could be like, oh, well, someone with a wider nose bridge is typically from Africa or uh, a Pacific Islander person, right. as an example. Um, then, yeah, you might just assume it's a white person. But anyway... If, if changing that... Well, wait. Oh my God, I lost my train of thought. again. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I
1: shouldn't have had the second one. Oh no, I got it. So in <laughs> The Hunger Games, this character did not have a race in the book. Right. And then in the movie, it was Kavajané... Um, Kavajine, I can't remember. Oh no, it wasn't her. It was a different actress. But it was a little black girl. And people were like, why is this character black? That's crazy. Da, 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 da. And it's like, what does it matter yeah. again? Does it, this is a weird dystopian society, but there's still black people there. Right. You know? So it's an, it's an issue of the character itself. Like does changing the, the the identity of the character race is a part of that. So if changing that then changes something else about the character or the context in which that character exists. Right. But we're talking about complete fantasy. So to say it's, it's inappropriate. Inappropriate how? How is it, it going to impact the story?
0: The pseudoscience I've, I've seen to go into... Oh my God. You're, like,
1: you're serious? There's pseudoscience? Oh yeah,
0: like, like the origins of the <gasps> country and this language. Here, I, I guess to, to kind of close this out, it reminds me that this is another space where we're having some kind of cultural conflict yeah. and or war about who gets represented because the the frustrating thing for me is on the one hand, people that say things like we we would like to see more diversity in our characters Mm -hmm. are met with the response, well, it doesn't really matter that all these folks... Uh, All these characters have been white men or white women Mm -hmm. or phenotypically European features that go into describing princesses, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, It's about the story. Mm -hmm. And then when we actually see the changes by a Disney or some of these other kind of large entertainment outlets, then it's a, you're removing and taking this thing that was quote-unquote mine and removing it. And so... You know, I just wonder about how big and how extensive yeah. this place becomes as a um, defining ground to talk through societal issues that we see pop up in politics all the time. Yeah. about representation. When we see it in terms of movies, where the reference point for young people today, they may not have ever seen like the, original. the
1: originals. Yeah, they might not have
0: right. Like, it's not like they're running on TV. Like, they may have, may have looked it up on, you know, Netflix through A Parent yeah, or, or, or something. But I, I just wonder how extensive and how much this will matter, because we talk about representation mattering mm-hmm. for so many communities, what is going to be the impact of this type of fight yeah. that Disney seems to be going in headfirst on, like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to change this. We're going to change it up. Maleficent, I guess, did something with the story that was critical of the original. And oh, okay casting I mean she doesn't have much of an arc
1: in the original as far as I remember so there's maybe room to work Corolla DeVille probably has more going on in the original but and it'll be interesting I think to your point too the kids that will watch this that maybe don't have yeah. a barometer or maybe they do they watched it with their mom and they loved it because their mom loved it um I don't think those well first of all kids don't care kids no. do not care about stuff like they get excited when, again, there's some sort of recognition of like, oh, that character is like me. Um, again, like, I think I really loved Belle, not because of what she looked like, but because she was like introverted and really loved books. And First I now. kind of was, yeah. yeah. I mean, but still, there was a connection that I felt of like, oh, you can be a princess and be smart. That's cool to me. But um, yeah, I don't know. It might be a way that we get better about talking about this, but it's I feel like a lot of the people that are going to continue to be angry are... They've decided to be angry. It's not that this instance makes them angry. It's that all of these change. It's, it's, it's white people feeling like things are being taken away from them. Yeah. And they're always going to see that. They're never going to see, oh, Hallie, um, Bailey is really cute and wonderful and she's got a beautiful voice. So this is an excellent fit. It is an excellent fit. She'll be fabulous. I won't see the movie, but I'm sure she'll be great.
0: We, one would hope. Let me ask you a question. Next up, let's, let's do it. Have you ever lost your wallet?
1: Yeah, I went through a phase where I, wa- I lost lots of things.
0: This phase, sounds like the beginning of like a lifetime wallets, story.
1: Wallets, Yeah, you know how lifetime stories are always a like... a partner, a soulmate. Oh wow, we're getting real.
0: I thought that's where you were going. I lost. Oh okay, lots of, okay. Oh, I'm I sorry. lost lots of things.
1: I'm sorry. Triggered. Triggered. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. Have you?
0: I don't think so.
1: Yeah. That doesn't surprise me.
0: But here's my question. Mm. Did anyone try to ever contact you after you lost it? That you are like, hey, I, we, I found this wallet. This, uh, I think this is yours.
1: I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. I actually have a, a memory of losing glasses somewhere mm-hmm. and then knowing exactly where I left them and trying to like, call that night and have someone set them aside and they were gone. They were just gone forever. Which I think someone just grabbed them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There was a study... That wanted to investigate if people, Mm. when confronted with a choice of finding a wallet, what would they do? Would they try to return it to the person that missed it? And so researchers went around the world. It's one of the most amazing designs of an experiment that I've seen.
1: Well, prolific. 17,000 wallets.
0: That's huge. Yeah. Like, like, like. What? 13 research assistants, um, 355 major cities across 40 countries. And they lost wallets at banks, at theaters, hotels, police stations, other public places. They varied by well-trafficked places, and they varied what was inside the wallet. Some cash, no cash, a lot of cash. Uh, I think a grocery list, a key, key, uh, written in the language of the country, like a really well-designed study. Mm -hmm. And what they found was that not only this kind of weird finding Of a majority of people you know tried to make an effort a slim majority when they spotted some cash Mm -hmm. 51% made an effort to return the wallet based on the information that was contained inside but for wallets with the most amount of money almost $100 72% of people tried to return them they did are you stunned by this? I am. Are you I surprised am. by this? I am. Why why, is it, why does that surprise you? Well, the
1: overall trend was all but, um, so of the 40 countries, all but two, just in general, people were more likely to return a wallet if it had cash in it than not. So cash, somehow, so the, thing, the thing that you can actually get away with stealing the most easily.
0: Without being traced.
1: I mean, you know, you could steal that grocery list. Go ahead. Mm. Tick them off. But you can, you can steal that without really much ramifications and just toss the rest. That that somehow was an indicator of, of perhaps how high of a value the person who owned it placed on it. Like it was almost yeah. that showing... Having cash in the wallet somehow made people more... Uh, spurred people more, inspired people more to actually take action to figure it out.
0: Which to me feels
1: so counterintuitive.
0: There was also the finding that the key... Wallets that with both money and a key more likely to be returned, suggesting that there was some kind of personal connection. They felt like the, the stakes may have been greater if this key was also sure. there in a way that.
1: Oh my god! Having to get a a lock picked or whatever is a nightmare.
0: Yeah, nightmare. You, you just call me up.
1: Okay, well, an-
0: which also may be a nightmare. Yeah. Okay. We talk a lot about the failings of society. Uh, yeah, pre- we're, our, we're pretty disappointed in our about
1: people. Previous story, in that. Yeah.
0: Do you think that we overstate because, as a people, and maybe just as Americans, yeah, how good or bad humans are? Because this is this surprised me. It surprised you. Mm-hmm. This is across the world. Mm-hmm. People are they just nicer than we think? Are we just bombarded with crap stories of people being awful that we kind of lose sight that? There is some collective communal buy-in. Like, people didn't know they were part of a study. No. There was no... No, so one watching. could assume
1: that people weren't doing this because they knew they were watched. Correct. They, that this was natural behavior. Yes. And I think it's interesting because I, as you read through this, there are a lot of conclusions that have not yet been drawn. That's right. So there's a lot of just, here's some data. We're not quite sure what the causality might be. Um, but that's not really what my big takeaway was. I think that we... I think that you and I have probably unrealistically high expectations of people. And I think both you and I would, you know, seek to find an owner for a wallet if we could. Um, But I also don't know that that would be our barometer for whether or not someone was a good person. Like returning a wallet actually wouldn't, isn't, to me, is not really what you and I talk about when we talk about whether people are good or bad. Because I think, and again, this is another thing I like about Reddit. There are so many wonderful subreddits of stories of great stuff happening. I know that you think my Reddit habit is very, can be toxic. Um, The majority, the majority of what I follow on Reddit is actually like happy story, happy story, happy story. And I see tons of those. I see tons of those all the time. And I think that. It's not a small group of people that are being amplified. I think it's what I'm seeing is a small section of the total. But I don't think this is indicative to you and I of what it would mean to be good or bad.
0: I think that's right. I I will say, and there's a a section that talks about economists were surveyed and people from the general American public were surveyed on what they thought the rate of return would be. Mm. And they expected most people with money would keep the wallet. And I think there's some reason that while we probably yeah we can't make a conclusive good or bad statement. Yeah. I think we certainly know and have a lot of examples of money being a corruptible force. Yeah. In morality, whether that's grounded in the church, whether that's grounded in politics, politics, whether that's grounded Education. in upbringing, right? Like we would think like, hey, this is not mine. This I have information. Return it to an owner. Yep. I would do that. But there's a lot of reason to think that the reason why we had such surprising reactions was because we've seen a lot of cases of, hey, this thing is here and either no one's going to do anything or I'm going to take this for myself. And I'm not, I wouldn't blame anyone.
1: Yeah.
0: But I think that there's something that could be said for seeing maybe more of these Mm -hmm. type of stories than another entity tried to pull a con on this other person or entity. Yeah for some selfish gain or something.
1: Yeah, I would actually imagine that the opposite is true of those kinds of stories, that the, the the feeling of them, the sort of impact of them, is a lot higher than the prevalence. That we feel those stories more heavily, more deeply. They get, they get shared because we get disgusted. And the impact of them is actually, or I'm sorry, the prevalence, that the, the volume of those kinds of stories is actually smaller than we may believe. Because I think... And again, I don't know if this is personal, if this is just me and you having very high expectations of people. We we are somehow more moved by a story of someone doing something shitty yeah. than we are about a story about someone doing something
0: awesome. This speaks to our news and...
1: Yeah, I think so. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's almost like... The sort of like fluff pieces on the you know the four thirty news or whatever that used to be like oh look how cute it's a cat's birthday party or whatever <laughs> um, it's like those don't exist anymore and they've all been replaced with terror alerts and babies in cages and shootings and whatever and I don't think that's actually reflective of the world. So my big takeaway from this just to close it out is when you look at there's a, there's a lovely little chart in here which gives yes. you. A sense of the reporting rates, but then also the sort of disparity around what reporting rates might look like in each country based on whether there was money or no money. There's some interesting conclusions to draw from here. I don't know, again, whether these would be correct, but you see at the top of that list with the highest return rates are uh, some of those countries that are very, um, one might say, socialist.
0: Oh, I can't hear that.
1: We've got the Switzerland, the Denmark, all of the Nordic folks up there who really- I mean, you got to imagine, it, does this actually indicate that if we take better care of people as a society, mm. will people take better care of each other? My guess is they probably will.
0: It's worth experimenting. Yeah. We can't do that in this country. Let's we'll link
1: it, though. It's great.
0: Whitney caps.
1: I 10. Wait, tell them your idea for our new show name. It's not, not a I'm new... No, I'm not going
0: to give them... I'm not going to give this quality... Uh, a, a development okay just never out mind over I'm sorry program?
1: tweet at him if you want to know yeah. I, I want to share it with you dear listener you
0: can share it if you want he doesn't
1: care no, well I'm not going to now
0: because we support each other now Whitney I was out going to work why are you laughing at I'm me? just so
1: ready for this please tell me what happened
0: and I was out. you are just
1: an old man you are an old <laughs> angry man go
0: I'm at Staten Adams
1: I can't picture it. Downtown Chicago.
0: There. Oh, there's a so building. Jimmy John's there. Next to a building. Okay. Across the street from another building. Okay, point taken. And then the other one, there's a lot, another tall building. Now. The worst. I saw something amazing. This person in a suit. A man. <laughs> in <laughs> a for,
1: suit. Thank you for specifying. I needed to know what genitalia was underneath that.
0: Came, came in a little too hot. Oh, gosh. And crashed. No! His scooter. That he was riding on as he was trying to get onto the...
1: Into what? Practice the on crosswalk.
0: The, like, you know, there's the... Like, uh, onto the, like, the, the lift of the... There's the, the, the rumble strips yeah. for... Um, um, uh, is wheelchairs. It, wheelchairs, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It just spilled into the street. No! And let me just say, hilarious. I bet. Now, it also reminded me of the story that, that I saw in the Washington Post. That's right. But the depth of sidewalks. And in particular, a, a treatise on the greatness of sidewalks and how they've been overrun—not for the first time in American history, but currently by scooters. Yep, Whitney caps scooters plaguing cities around the country. <sighs> not docked scooters like our divvy bikes, but when you're when people are done, just throwing them in the middle of the, sh- uh, of the street, the sidewalk. People tripping over them, cars hitting scooter people, walkers. Uh, Looking both ways. Mm-hmm. Nervous about if some kid's going to scoot by. Scoot, good My question to kind of kick this off is, are you as uh, unnerved by what this author or what this editor, probably, not the author, <laughs> is talking about the death of sidewalks? That yeah. For the pedestrian, the, the person that walks. Yeah. That they're being overrun by technology around us and that they're not serving the purpose they want to do.
1: Well, we are increasingly, I think, becoming a more uh, transportationally diverse society. Mm. Um, You know, the history of transportation in the United States has been uh, fucking horses and covered wagons and stuff (laughs) to like trains to... um, Oh, I have a funny story about trains and automobiles. But um, Mm. like the automobile came into fashion and then, of course, this idea of of the freeway and expressway. And our cities are really created i think for for cars to be the main mode of transportation i think hmm. chicago tends to be a little bit more public transit friendly than most um uh like mid american cities i don't think it's probably the most accessible of large cities i feel like new york you don't even have to walk a block
0: yeah but the mta is just an absolute pile of crap
1: mta is what their thing is called
0: yeah, i do believe so yeah
1: okay yeah i mean i don't know i i have been a cta writer since I was in high school, um, since I was old enough to actually are you running for office? Myself. What is the
0: speech you just started? I've been a CTA rider since. No, I'm just
1: saying, like to me, it feels very, very normal, okay. and I also get that for a lot of Americans, it's not. Like if you live in Los Angeles, yeah, I mean, well, Los Angeles is actually doing a lot more with light rail and things like that. A lot time. Um, and I think. Los Angeles is probably a really good example of a city that's really proactively trying to push more green options, but also more more options. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I was in school in L.A., there were train lines that, that ended right around U, USC and Museum Campus, mm-hmm. but I never knew where they went. I feel like you could take them out to, like, the valley, but I, it never occurred to me that I could take that to the supermarket and back. I and see. I don't think that was... Anytime I had to go to the supermarket, I thought... I. I felt like I had to get in the car, and this was also before Uber and Lyft and all those kinds of things, right. too. But we are looking at more diversity in transportation. We're looking at more more opportunity, but our infrastructure of the the city itself hasn't changed. We're still a car centric city, even though we now have things like Divi and these motorized scooters, and you know what? The fucking segways were a thing for a minute, and then oh. and then they died. What hoverboards a thing? Yeah, were people are sort of riding around they the, the like
0: skateboards, and the the like. Mono wheels that you well, can Well, skateboarders control. don't
1: care. Skateboarders want to be in your face.
0: <laughs> but now they there's like the remote can. control no,
1: the ones. Repeat. What do you mean? Remote controls? Skateboard? Yeah. Oh.
0: So you just see people just going.
1: Oh. Existing.
0: I, they were on the bike path. Without, that I was
1: well, I think there there is a part of like the way we live actually has to catch up to these technologies. I wouldn't. I am loath to say inherently that these technologies are a bad thing. I think more opportunities for people to get around in different ways. And even if they're not using them for transportation, like a copy in a suit, like fucking biting it on state street sounds really sad. But I also think a lot of people just use them for fun because yeah. it's a cheap way to just like have a fun afternoon to just like scoot, scoot around. And I don't know that. I don't know. You, you think it's so funny when I say scoot, scoot. It's a little baby scoot, scoot. Uh, I don't. I don't have a sense. Is it really that funny?
0: I can't look at you. You guys you do, you, there's a There's a face that you do. It's when I say not just, scoot, scoot. It's like, hello
1: baby, <laughs> scoot, scoot. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to actually know like why people are using them. My guess is that it's less transportation and it's more recreation, but I, I really don't know that.
0: I imagine it, it's transportation for the purpose of recreation, mm. right? Uh, I haven't been on one. They look very interesting. I'm pro scooters. Scoot, scoot? I, I don't... I'm sorry. I'll stop. I don't think. <laughs> let's focus. <on. laughs> I, I don't I'm sorry. Think, just give me, give me a half second. If we had an editor, I don't think that they're bad things. I do think this is the flip side of what we were just talking about. Kind of the, short-sightedness or like the not greatest qualities of humans yeah when people are done yeah and they just kind of just like they get off their scooter and just like turn it over in the middle of the sidewalk and walk yeah away. I, like, this is something i'm not actually clear
1: on is that part of the design that they're just meant to be disposed of wherever however yes oh, i heard a story that people were throwing at least in chicago people were throwing them in the lake
0: jesus i mean i certainly don't just, I don't... It's not that don't I... Don't do
1: that to the lake, you guys. It's not nice. Yeah.
0: Or the scooter. But certainly the lake.
1: Oh, I... Well, yeah, okay. Don't do it to you. Nobody needs to do this.
0: Yeah. And so the the design, unlike the Divi stations, is that you engage this by getting an app, and it, the app's attached to your account, mm-hmm. and you scan the QR code, and then it's active. And you can just take it wherever, and then when you're done... Like, you get off. But
1: you have to put it in another docking
0: station. No, there, there are no docking stations. Oh. They just... With the divvy's? No, the divvies, yeah, they do have uh, Oh, I see. Stations. Okay, okay, sorry. The scooters are just like, I'm done. So, like, if I want to go from here to West Loop... Yeah. And I just see a scooter outside, I can go to it.
1: There was one right outside my back door.
0: Someone probably scooted over here. Yep. And they're like, okay, I want to go to Federales or something. yeah then I would just get it, go to Federal, and just, like, leave it there. I'm done.
1: But it's it's not so that you can keep it there so that you can have it when you're done. The idea isn't, like, I have this for a day, Mm -hmm. and if this was my own personal scooter, I would just be parking it here and then coming out of the building later. Nope. So then how do you find it? Like, if I want a scooter, how do I find it? I think on
0: the app, it's just that they're all geo-tagged. Within. what if
1: what if someone chooses the one i want before i get there
0: then they have chosen the one you want before you get there and then your scooter locks.
1: yeah i feel like i don't i wouldn't be able to count on this as a reliable this would have to be recreation
0: only i imagine again for most people or you're in a place where there's high density so like yeah. Downtown. downtown yeah right where there are Well, there's also i heard there are
1: over. seven different companies offering electric scooters in the city Which seems like a lot.
0: It's a a burgeoning industry.
1: So here's the other thing I think about. And it's not necessarily along this treatise, The Death of Sidewalks. But it's similar, right? This idea of like, how do we make this safe? If we are creating this new space and this new technology is emerging. And I'm guessing it's not going to go away. Who knows? Um,
0: Shout out to Segways.
1: I mean, for real. (laughs) Uh, How does... How does our society sort of make room for these things? So um, this article in the Washington Post actually details that there are legitimate injuries, and there's a really there's deaths. Um, deaths.
0: <laughs> I mean, because you're not wearing a helmet, and the scooters can go. You crack your head. You hit a
1: like. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think um, there's a there's a really amazing image here of one of the scooters just on fire. Yeah, uh, in Washington, D.C.?
0: Yeah, they have had some of those issues with the technology. <laughs> is it like
1: a lithium lithium battery situation? Yeah, maybe, like it's
0: punctured? Yeah, maybe so.
1: But I do think that there there is much more work that needs to be done. I think about this with Divi sometimes because I... So I, I tend to be... I am not a very good bike rider. Like I'm not okay. aggressive. I don't want to... I don't do it often. It's not my preferred mode of transportation and so when i bike i yield to everyone all the time i'm head on a swivel there's no way i'm putting headphones on i do okay yeah um and always a helmet and i mean with my hair i just want to like really make Uh, a a point
0: that,
1: that that's a sacrifice i'm giving something up by always wearing a helmet okay i'm being real here everyone how do you do as a scooter rider, are you then obligated to just carry a, a helmet around? Do you just not helmet?
0: I think people aren't helmeting.
1: Yeah, that's not good. It's, well, well, it's like
0: Diddy bikes. They're, they're, they're not helmeting when they leave Millennium Park and want to get to. Or, or something.
1: I just think if we are going to. There's so many regulations around cars. My assumption is there's a lot of uh, regulations around other forms of public transportation, the L buses i don't know what the regulations are but because i'm not responsible for them as as a as a rider i don't have to worry about those but as an operator of a vehicle definitely i there are rules and so i think about like what are what are things that can be put in place so are there scooter lanes do people get tickets for having the scooters on the sidewalk as opposed to the street is it mandated helmets and that if you don't have a helmet on that you you know get a ticket um It's interesting. I was thinking about where else I've had these experiences and, you know, what might be different. And when I was in New Orleans, um, there is a bike sharing service. Yeah. And you are actually, there's a disincentive to not leave something docked or not leave it somewhere else. So it's like, for example, if a scooter, well, in New Orleans, if a bike is then locked to a street sign as opposed to docking it, you are charged a fee on top of your regular rental fee. I see. So it's not that you can't do it. If you are in a bind and you can't get to a docking station, you just make the sacrifice and you dock it wherever, and then someone comes and picks it up and put it puts it where it needs to be. So is that something that actually would help keep sidewalks clear? Like, if, you're, if your scooter is actually found parked on a sidewalk, do you get charged an extra $20 fee? Mm-hmm. Which is like, okay, we'll move it for you, but... That's the other thing that I think is just really weird. How does the company even keep track of all these things? I mean, I guess technology.
0: Technology. So I, I think the 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 move to the scooters away from, not away from, but in competition with the bike program is you need to have a docking station nearby. And you go further and further away from certain neighborhoods and certain communities.
1: There's less of those. There's
0: less of those. And then what do I do? I have to plan my route different. With the scooter, and certainly the cities that, the uh, you know, Chicago is one city, but for other cities that aren't as robust with bike sharing, yeah. the scooter is literally, I can take it wherever yeah. I want, and presumably find it wherever I want, and so I don't have to worry about docking it. Yeah. I just have to pay the per minute or whatever the block of time is. Mm-hmm. And so there is a part of me that's like, okay, that's, there, there is greater accessibility,
1: mm-hmm.
0: theoretically,
1: that's yes, and that's that we
0: would thing. want more of. Do you have a rule that says the same way that there you get tickets for biking on the sidewalk? Do you you have wheels? Have you ever actually
1: heard of someone getting a ticket for biking on the sidewalk though?
0: The, these are um yes, and I would file this under our new segment <laughs> Police re- Relationships on the North Side of Chicago.
1: I feel like we can come up with a cleverer name, but okay.
0: Like the name of our uh our uh, rebrand of the podcast. Shh, don't tell them <laughs> um but I, like I think that there's no, I don't. Yeah. But like this could be a thing where it's like, hey, you have wheels, get off the sidewalk. Right. But I think this is something that speaks to who or what the sidewalk is for today.
1: Yeah.
0: And have we sorted it out for it's just for people for for people that aren't oh, in for walkers, yeah, vehicles. Yeah. So. Walkers, runners, folks with um, skateboarders, wheel chair, wheel, wheel, wheel Again, those
1: skateboarders—they're gonna do whatever they want.
0: Guess, uh, was they're rebels. Put it usually without a cause. Yeah. And avoiding potholes. I
1: feel like you know, getting candy is like the cause. That's where they're trying to go. I just feel like from a every, baby. No, just going to Seven Eleven. Oh. When I think of skater, I think of someone who's in the parking lot of a Seven Eleven waiting for their friend to come out with another four loco and Twizzlers. That's
0: just what I think of. Poor local. That, I mean.
1: I know. That was a while ago, huh? That,
0: that's just that, brings be, it back. I saw some tweet from a comedian about how, like, in 35 years.
1: Oh, no.
0: How you know, like, it's we gonna
1: have going to be, the,
0: like, meso <laughs> <laughs>
1: Probably if you had is. a poor
0: loco <laughs> Exactly Between oh, 2015 terrible. and 2020 mm. You were entitled To a major settlement One, <laughs> Call
1: one us of the other beverages I've not had <laughs> Hey I had my first Red Bull Maybe a month ago
0: uh, I don't see the wings
1: Oh well I mean I think they've worn off oh. By now I had it pre-show And then this show was okay So I'm not gonna do it again
0: You didn't get amped up Amped up
1: No I usually have a black tea Before shows
0: That's very stately of you I know I think we're done here. We're done. Last topic of the, of the day. Let's do it. The debates happened. The first Democratic presidential debates. Uh, mm-hmm. It's
1: such a weird phrase. The first
0: debates. That did not include all of the candidates. Right. Occurred last uh, month in Miami. 20 people. Uh, two nights. Two hours each night. A lot of topics were covered. Gun control. Immigration. Health care. Uh. Taxes, uh, busing.
1: Love, I think, came up. Love. Also.
0: Apollo missions <laughs> came up. Climate change. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: it was a wide field, is what we're saying.
0: why wide to the in any
1: In any way that you slice it.
0: There was one one moment where the candidates were asked a question, like, what's the biggest pressing issue uh, for the U.S. or the world? Yeah. And you had answers like, Trump, huh? And... Some people said climate change, and some people said guns or whatever. Yeah. But they only gave, got a sentence. Mm. And Hamilton Nolan over at Splinter proposed a very simple idea mm-hmm. that I'm curious, as I watched the debates and live-tweeted them, at Ellen too on Twitter, uh, and the next debates are coming up at the end of July in mm-hmm. Detroit, he proposed that if you have 12 debates scheduled, which is a ton of debates. It is a lot, yeah. Do you make each debate a single issue debate, one topic, over the course of the amount of time allotted, mm-hmm. so that you can get into understanding a candidate's perspective and then subsequently the solutions or maybe Well, and it's an apples-to-apples
1: apples kind of comparison, too, sure. where... I think when you look at candidates, I mean, I feel like I say this all the time. Ballot Ready is really great, guys. Yes. Um, ballot, ballot Ready is an app that actually sort of distills down different candidates. And it um, I, I'm sure it's not ready now. I'm sure it's, it doesn't have 24 candidates in it. But, Anti- you know, if you're... A,
0: the name should always well, be ready.
1: No, I think it, it, it will be ready. For I mean, the ballot? Quotes, uh, closer to the election, I'm sure. But the idea is that you as a voter can go in... You can look at apples to apples comparisons between candidates, and they they will pull either press quotes, debate quotes, whatever that actually give a sense of what the candidate's position is. Of course, it's a little bit subjective, but it links through to the full um, the full research or the full information, whatever it is. But it really does give you a sense of like you could look at Tulsi Gabbard and that Julian Castro Castro and see like okay, well, what are what are their immigration uh, platforms. Um, highly different, gang, is, is the answer to that. But like being able to see the candidates all really focusing on one topic, you get depth, but you also get a really great comparison. Because not every candidate answered every question or spoke on That's every right. topic, especially I think in the way that yeah. they, the debates were curated a little bit towards the frontrunners and really using their policies to then reflect everyone else. I mean, like Elizabeth Warren basically was like, on her own. And so they kept referring to her plans, her plans, her plans. So she got so much more airtime simply because of the the way they positioned her. Um, and I feel like this would actually... That would stop that kind of thing from happening and it would level the yeah. playing field a little bit.
0: I, I think it's so important that... It, one of the exciting things, I think one of the problems with our current debate system in the Democratic Party is... They're trying to do this push and pull between, we want to be this open, inclusive party, and so we have these rules that either you get 65,000 unique uh, donations or you get above 1% in a a selection of polls Mm -hmm. that we've selected, that you open up the field to a lot of people, 24 folks. But you don't want to have the big kids' table debate right. and the other people who decided to do this.
1: It's actually the adults in the kids' table.
0: Uh, well, I don't know how many adults are in the room. Um,
1: Beto goes to the kids' table.
0: And he stands on it. Uh, <laughs> 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 repeat it. Good one. Good one. Um, and I think one of the issues here is that when I was watching the debates, to your point, and I think it's, the, it's, it's a hugely important one, there were a lot of times where candidates didn't even get to speak on an entire topic. Yeah. And so you're locked into, I hope the moderator asks me, I'm towards the end of the stage,
1: yeah.
0: a question. Because what if I do have something really robust to say about right. climate change, but that was handled in the center, and now I'm getting, I don't know.
1: Questions about wealth inequality. Yeah. Which isn't actually my thing. Right. And again, everybody has a thing, but, but yeah. one would hope that each candidate would actually be able to talk on... Say something? On, yes. So uh, Hamilton, or Nolan, everyone said Hamilton Wilson, oh, Ham, hey, you remember from CSP?
0: I Hamilton, do remember. Wilson.
1: Hey, Ham. I don't think he listens to the Ham show. bone. Uh, so Hamilton, Nolan, actually, um, the proposal that he makes is to divvy up the remaining 12 debates um, into two just sort of general debates. Uh, presidential debates, sort of like as we've seen before, and uh, to take the remaining 10 and have an hour or two focusing exclusive on, exclusively on one topic. So the, here are the ones that he suggests. Uh, climate change, guns, economic inequality, racial inequality, gender inequality, fixing the voting and democracy, foreign policy, education, criminal justice, and taxes. Taxes. Alan. Yes. I'm curious. OK. As the the one of us that understands this shit
0: broadly defined
1: would you consider this a pretty great list of things that you'd want to hear these candidates talk about absolutely what would you add change omit
0: i don't think i would add or change i think that basically touches on what people care about yeah i think so here would be the here would be the challenge mm that I give to you, the voter, and you the... Oh, I'm
1: the voter and you're the politician?
0: No, I'm just the challenger.
1: Oh, I see, okay.
0: We, I was all over these debates. Yeah. So many other people didn't watch, didn't know, thought there was one, thought it was next week, thought these two were on the same stage. It's early. the, the, The downside of this model is you don't know when your topic is and you have to survive long enough. And I got to get buy-in from the audience, the American voter, to make sure they tune in for that debate. So Mm -hmm. as powerful... So I would say foreign policy is a place where the president has a disproportionate amount of power.
1: Yeah. A lot of
0: people don't know, know about foreign policy, but... It's incredibly complex. If that is the second debate and that's your issue and you're we're, we're in the middle of education, guns, and fixing our democracy. Yeah. Did you just miss this entire thing and that's going to happen once? So the, the counter would be yeah, it sucks that we have to go through so many topics with so many people in a relatively short amount of time but if you're watching, you'll get some snippets here and there versus I need you to tune in because this is the night or two, that we're going to be talking about racial inequality so you can know what these folks are going to do. Yeah. And if you miss that, eh. YouTube. Well, now you're adding more steps.
1: Well, I'm curious from your perspective, how important are debates when it comes to candidates getting their messages out? Mm-hmm. So it's, again, it's like if you miss for yeah. example, if you miss that night or whatever, and then you're super, super interested to see what Andrew Yang has to say about criminal justice, mm-hmm. what are the other ways, yeah. or perhaps the better way, I don't know, like wh- how important is the debate? Where does that stack up in terms of all the other campaigning that's happening?
0: So, so debates are, there's a, there's a lot of political science literature on debates, and mostly they seem to function in the same way that convention bounces function. Except for their do you more mean people. What bounces? So, um, the Republican National Con- uh, Convention, the Democratic National Convention, mm-hmm. when they know they're, they're, they're candidate, we see a bump in the polls.
1: Ah, got it.
0: And Which makes sense. A lot of been... attention, a lot of rah-rah for the party, a lot of rah-rah for the candidate. Look, yeah. the candidate's here 7,000 times. Look, the candidate's giving this long speech. They accept the nomination. Balloons. Everyone loves balloons. Well,
1: people want to back the winner, too. Unless yeah. Unless you already know the winner.
0: And so, you see these bounces up. Of to maybe six or seven or eight percent, and a a gradual returning to the mean as you get further and further away from the convention. Mm -hmm. We saw that Kamala Harris got a bounce Mm -hmm. from this uh, most recent debate. Um, uh, Elizabeth Warren got a bounce from this debate. Uh, There was more recognition of Julian Castro, though the polling increase didn't really match a lot. The question so so what they do is, at least for at this stage, they're important in terms of, hey, this person's running. Yeah. They've been running for a while, but they may not have the ads or you may not have heard about them because everyone's talking about Bernie and Biden. Yeah. Right? Um, mm-hmm. So that that can be a factor that's important. But the actual long term implications when there's so many people, Whitney, mm-hmm. is that while there are a lot of people, those folks in the middle seem to be having it out here, but it becomes further and further away from the debate and the bounces or the negatives, the plummets, start to, you know, kind of shift towards the mean. Mm. Usually. Usually, that's what happens. Hmm. And so there is an element of, if something happens that's noteworthy, the debates can be a chance to get some real-time response. So, hey... Trump was about to launch an attack against Iran, but then decided at the last minute not to. You all are all running for president. I'd like to hear what you would do vis-a-vis. Like, that could be a useful thing. But, again, if you ask people what they care about, under this system, they may miss that debate on what they care about the most, climate change. And do they risk not hearing about climate change in this televised, multiple networks, sometimes on... Not cable, but in fact on primetime TV, that becomes a lot harder. Mm. Though conceptually, I'm very pro this issue. Mm. Because I think you can't adequately describe what you're going to do to these challenges if you're not given literally time to answer sure. Oh, sure. the question and get into detail or have a back and forth to, dis- to distinguish you from someone else.
1: Mm. So there's one thing I would add to this list. Who would you that's add? not on it. Healthcare. Healthcare's a major major
0: mm.
1: topic and I don't know if maybe healthcare is sort of meant to live under one of these? Like if if healthcare perhaps lives under like economic inequality in some way?
0: Could be taxes.
1: Or ta- or taxes? <laughs> yeah, healthcare I probably on its I own. would like to see yeah, a fair. really great substantive conversation. Um I my instinct is actually that Democratic voters tend to not be one issue voters as opposed to Republicans that seem to be very much behind very specific um, mm. uh, like not not even talking points but very specific positions on things so it's not even about like what are my needs and interests around health care and how might this person meet those but it's this is my stance and I just need to see if you also share that stance and then I'll vote for you I don't i don't see democrats in that same way they might be um on the whole but it feels to me like there's a lot more uh give perhaps i don't know if that's really the word that i'm I'm thinking of so i think this would be a really interesting format for democrats given that the, the the conversation at least from my point i don't see democratic voters listening for specific sound bites or positions so much as they are a little bit curious about like how would you tell me more about how you would actually go about this sir
0: yeah i mean i I think just from what i've seen democrats are are a lot like republicans in Mm. in this space what do you Uh, find
1: to be the one issues that people care about like what's the thing that like if they don't agree with anything else as long as their candidate agrees on this one thing because it's like i feel like people will be like pro-life i don't give a shit if they want to burn the whole planet down as long as they're pro-life and you're like are you hearing yourself? That
0: That is a significant one. Oh, okay. Um, kind of one stance on abortion is like a big deal. On either
1: end, yeah. Uh, okay. on,
0: on, yeah, exactly. Um, oddly enough, there's a lot on, quote, racial issues. And from the perspective of, are we going to risk, is there some concern that someone's going to upset what I would broadly term as the racial hierarchy?
1: Ah. So... Yeah, but how do you know? No one's out there saying, hey, I'm really great with keeping the racial hierarchy as it is.
0: No. So uh, there was a professor who wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post from Princeton. I'm I'm blanking on her name um, right now.
1: I'll find it and link it. Um, You'll find it and then I'll link it.
0: Who wrote a piece about racial distancing. Okay. Are you familiar with this term? Mm Mm-mm. So... um, It might
1: be something I experienced from time to time on, on Reddit.
0: <laughs> the idea is that you, you, this is going to be a real quick explainer. Okay. But um, as racial epithets and language that's negative towards different races has become less popular, mm-hmm. so you just can't say, run around, just drop in racial epithets all over the place, there's been racial kind of coding, latent racism, usually through terms like hardworking and who is or isn't.
1: I'm sorry, who's considered hardworking? White people? Yes. Okay.
0: Um, These elements that people find to be American, you should read that as white American. Um, I mean,
1: I also think about, like, stereotypes, and there's many stereotypes about Latin American people being hardworking.
0: Depending on if they are or are not stereotypically taking your job or not.
1: Ah, fair. Okay. Because I'm not a house. They're not following
0: the rules to get into the country. And so Uh, how hardworking are they? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, communities have difficulties with police okay um so that's kind of one kind of set of coded language racial distancing is what some people this professor would say joe biden could have been doing when talking about um civility and working with segregationists in the past and um the ability to work across lines on different issues and the idea is that I want you to look at me as someone that's not going to come and have this upheaval. Right. That, well, that's his whole thing. Right. But in a world where, if you believe the hype, that there's all these far-left people that are you know, t- yelling at Disney to change their movies, and <sighs> Colin Kaepernick is yelling at Nike to not put out the Betsy Ross shoe, and now you want me to have these candidates of color and these women all over the place. Right. And,
1: just women all over the
0: place so the distancing and, and, and i should say black candidates can do it can do it and sure. often to do do it to appeal to white voters to say hey i'm not going to like suddenly not care about all of you because now i'm in power and it's just going to be on black issues and so there's a distancing that can occur
1: yeah
0: latently through how things are framed yeah um, codes for this are do you support reparations, right? Like, no, I think we should have things that support everyone doing better. Yeah. Hard work should be this bad, like all this type of thing. And yeah. so those actually across Democrats and Republicans, that kind of dog whistling in the past, I think the Trump administration just kind of just yells about race all the time. All the time.
1: Um,
0: is an element that makes people more or less comfortable, mm. I'll put it that way, with a, with certain candidates or certain parties. Mm. Um, all that to say, I think you have a better sense of where someone is and the seriousness that they're approaching these topics if you give them more time to explain, here's why I'm saying climate change is the greatest threat to the United States. When you give it to, when they're only allowed one answer, then it's like, oh, look at the softy, you know, worried about the environment, you know. It was cold in June in Chicago. What are they talking about? <laughs> Whereas, like, that's an involved answer that says, like, hey, here are the implications and here are the costs and here's the health risk and here are the blah, blah, blah risk. Got it. Okay, that may make sense. But right now, if you don't ever have that intentionality, then a lot of the topics on this list seem like, oh, these are just lefty soft snowflake. Mm-hmm. They care about everything when I'm just worried about my taxes. Mm-hmm. Alas. We have another debate coming up. End of the month. And then it gets harder to qualify for these debates, so maybe we can go from 20 to 15. That'd be nice.
1: <laughs> 14. So, Alan, I want to close it out with a question that I'm, I'm really interested to see what your answer is. I Quilly. might be surprised. Okay. Um, oh. What would be your preferred candidate to debate Trump and Pence? So I want, I want the full ticket. I want you to give me the pres and the VP. Who do you want to see go up against each of them?
0: Um I would I I would say it's probably a tie between uh, I would say I would rank the, I'm not talking three.
1: about who you want to be the nominee. Yeah. I'm saying who do you want to debate?
0: I think it would be I would like to see Kamala Harris or Bernie Sanders debate Donald Trump.
1: Okay, tell me why.
0: Harris, I think, is a very, very, very skilled debater. Yeah, she is. And I think the prosecutorial um, stance mm-hmm. and approach to someone who I think is uh, a criminal in many regards. Yeah. Uh,
1: She'd have a fucking field day. I
0: think that there would be some real intensity. And I think Trump, given that he does not like or deal with women in a, in a positive facts. way. Uh, or facts would, would really be animated in that. Yeah. And I see Bernie Sanders because they're too East Coast loud. I think they represent, in many ways, polar opposites. Mm -hmm. If the idea is that this debate is to make a case to the country, I think the whole country would be put off by what they saw Mm -hmm. for very different reasons. I think Trump would be very kind of... He literally is the opposite of a democratic socialist existence. He is the one He is a hedonistic capitalist. He's breaking rules all the time. Yes. He's anti-social safety. Like, I think that those, that contrast would be a very, like, powerful, strong contrast.
1: Okay. And who do you want to see go up against Pence? Knowing that it'll just be one night. One night only.
0: I mean, I I don't care.
1: He's so odd. You know, VPs just don't matter. so odd. of course they don't matter. But I'm just saying, like, what what would be interesting to watch? The Kane-Pence debate was so awkward. It was, like, painful it to watch. And, wrong. I mean, I think Tim Hane is delightful. But he's just, like, a little, a little wood nymph. He's not, yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, who would I want to see? Yeah. I feel like I'm trying to answer the Pence question. Um, I feel like anybody with facts and logic <laughs> would be, like, a really good one. So, like, Elizabeth Warren. Mm. Again, she's got answers for everything. One, how do they keep all that stuff in their brains? I mean, I know that they're just cramming, and I know that there's a process, but like... It's
0: a, a lot of content. She,
1: like, everything... She will have so much more information yeah. at, at hand, although I think any candidate would have so much more at hand. We have a on your side who needs I, information. there oh, you go. I also think that Cory Booker is gay. <laughs> I know he says he's dating Rosario Dawson. Well,
0: they say they're dating each other.
1: Okay. Uh, oh. I no, I didn't mean that he was saying that without her being. No, I think she's his political beard. Oh. So oh. there's there's a part of me that thinks that that would be really fun, but of course that's all gossip. I don't know anything. Hot
0: gossip takes.
1: I don't know anything. Um, so yeah, get Mayor Pete maybe to go up against him. Oh, cause I'm sorry, he's an actual gay person. Let me stop speculating. I forgot. <laughs> oh my gosh, we totally forgot that he was in there. I uh, Mayor you know, Pete, he was there. I'm I'm over. I'm getting some Pete fatigue.
0: Oh. Uh, he's,
1: I think he's my dad's favorite right now.
0: He petered out for you?
1: Um, oh, good one. Thank I you. think it's just, he's everywhere. He's really, really everywhere. And he's, you know, he's doing all the work. And I like him because he's sort of an executive leader. Yeah. He's also just really young. My
0: mom he, likes Mayor Pete.
1: Yeah. I, 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 he doesn't worry me. There are candidates that, that were up on that stage that I'm like, oh God, I hope you don't get very far. Um, you know, I'm not a Beto fan, so. Um, but Yeah. Anyway, good stuff. So, Alan, yes, what is your uh, unpopular opinion this week?
0: Great question, Wendy. I was at a wedding uh, on Friday.
1: Terrible.
0: And were you officiating? No, no. Although uh, I was officiated weddings, right? No, no. I'm just there commenting a lot. Oh,
1: it seems like you'd be you'd be the type.
0: Thank you. I, I, that was, may have been one of the nicest things you have ever seen. Okay, said.
1: so basically what you're saying is I have a really skewed picture
0: of who you are. Possibly.
1: Okay, cool. Keep going.
0: But not likely. I was there, and we had dinner, and there was dancing, and that was great. And at the table, there was a little box.
1: Okay.
0: And in the box, there was some kind of, I'm not going to reveal what was in the box, but it was their um, the, the, the little wedding favor, the thank you for coming, here's a gift.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't know that was a thing.
0: Yeah, and sometimes they're uh, you know, little jelly beans with the couple's initials. Oh, on just something head, cute. Okay, something, sure. A little, little take home.
1: You know, it would be good. No. Okay. I, you,
0: I, I would like to hear. Well, it's Chicago,
1: it so I feel like anything yeah. Chicago related. But
0: Chicago,
1: uh, uh, Chicago makes popcorn.
0: That would be a good. One. I hate
1: the stuff, but I know people like it.
0: But it, yeah, it, it, like, I think that's it's customized. Usually has something. Uh, yeah, it's a thing. Well, in popular opinion, I'm not giving, when I have
1: my wedding, mm-hmm.
0: if and when, there's no chance in hell that I'm giving you a gift for showing up.
1: No. They're giving you a gift for them showing up.
0: And and, and, and that is fine.
1: You're not going to mandate gifts at your wedding? Hold on. First of all, there's no mandating.
0: There's Continue. no mandating. Like, there's a, here's the thing. If I am inviting you to a to to what is probably going to be one of the two or three greatest days in my life. I am feeding you. Yeah. I'm giving you alcohol all night, open okay. bar.
1: Okay, that's that's appropriate.
0: And I haven't made it a destination wedding. Okay. You you the the convention is that. I am also to give you a gift.
1: It's jelly beans, th- Alan. It's
0: the it's the principal, Whitney.
1: It's going to be like sixty bucks.
0: You're not getting a damn thing from me.
1: I think it's. Are a- you going to have a photo booth? If you want to take pictures with an iPad, no.
0: go kn- knock yourself pictures out.
1: Pictures with an iPad. That's what Who the photo booths this? are now. Are you someone's the, the ring of father-in-law? Life. No, no
0: I, this was at the wedding. It's, I've seen it now at three weddings. They have an iPad set up. Okay. A fancy one. And they have a ring of light. Okay. And that's that's the photo area. They have like a table full of things. And you can make GIFs. Or you can just take... It's great.
1: Okay.
0: So you don't need a whole booth. You just need a section. Okay. The point is... The popular opinion is... I don't think that the, the, the bride and, and groom... Or the groom and groom and the bride mm-hmm, and bride... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think the two people being wed should have to give anyone a damn thing.
1: Well, I think what you're saying is actually they've already given. You, you, that, you, you, that you bet gift, your bottom dollar they a have. A gift on top of that actually is redundant and rude. What, what the hell am it's I giving un- you a gift? American.
0: Okay. Well, I think it's unearthly.
1: Okay. Well, I feel like that's I I, I it
0: uh-uh. it really bothered me. Like I was really happy to get the gift and like it's it's, it's into my home for now until I throw it away, but like the concept that you that there's an expectation. It's like thank you for coming. Here's your parting gift. What? Yeah. Get out of here with that. That's yeah. not unpopular. No, not that no.
1: I don't think that's not unpopular, but I I think there are lots of wedding conventions no. that just don't die. I mean, just seriously. Yeah. Yeah, it's an industry, man.
0: Whitney, you you've been scouring uh, Reddit. You're you're the queen of unpopular opinions. What you got? No, I
1: just I just like the unpopular opinions <laughs> on Reddit because it's always filled with racists. Oh, Jesus. Um, okay. So, my unpopular opinion is a bit timely. Okay. Um, okay. As we all know, the women's, U.S. Women's World Cup team defeated the Netherlands mm-hmm. in a shutout. It was three, three to? Two, two nil. Two nil. Two nil. And um, really, just amazing performance, I think, throughout the whole thing. Yes. Really amazing. And on top of that, these women have become... These um, Be Celebrities on par with like Olympic athletes, and yes. not on par with like what we think of as traditionally uh, American sports. And that's my unpopular opinion. Okay, soccer. Yes, has so much more going for it than what we think of as traditional American pastime sports like football and baseball. I mean, and so my unpopular opinion is that we are uh, we are not giving soccer its due in this country.
0: Do you think that that's men's, like, all soccer or just well, women's Well, the men's soccer?
1: World Cup team is not, or the men's U.S. team, excuse me, is not that great. No. That being said, for sports for young people, yes. in terms of, like, the number of games or or sports that young people are um, involved in, soccer is uh, one of the top sports. I actually don't have any facts or figures on it. I know that that's right. there, there was some reporting that there has been a decline in youth soccer numbers, but it's actually that, like, local clubs have been losing athletes to travel teams, to teams that are more serious. And so what we've seen is that it's going from recreational sport, just a foundational sport that kind of gets you in the door and, and, and helps create opportunities for young people. Cause think about it. It's not, when I go to do lacrosse in the winter, um, with my, with my club that I coach for, there's Little Kickers. Do you know what Little Kickers is? No. So one of um, our former CSP colleagues, Jaime Rodriguez, oh, yeah. uh, his sons are in Little Kickers. They're babies. Like his little one is like two or three. And so I've seen him and his wife there. And again, these kids are the size of a soccer ball, but they're out there. They're able to learn, things like that. And it, it's, it starts super early. It's incredibly affordable for families. Sure. And so really creating That's a, a culture around soccer... Um, is a missed opportunity i think we also have for some reason idolized these sports they're actually not supporting healthy lifestyles or athleticism in the same way that soccer does think about the issues coming along with um young people but also professional athletes in um, both baseball and football Football, I can't what? watch a football game anymore. I can't even watch a college football game. Because all I'm thinking about is how I'm watching people turn their brains to mush.
0: For free. Because For free. they care so much. For free. And we restrict them to make money.
1: And we also don't really care what happens to these professionals because once they're done, they're done, and why take care of them? And that's gross. For baseball, we're seeing a lot more shoulder injuries. We're seeing a lot more hamstring injuries. I'm not going to say that it's because of performance-enhancing drugs because I don't actually know. But what we're seeing is the level of play is actually so high and pushing the, the schedules are so grueling that this, this is actually not a great sport that encourages long-term health for these athletes. Why are we focusing on this as, like, the sport that we love? Also, baseball is really boring.
0: I would respectfully disagree. It is so
1: boring.
0: That would be a very popular (sighs) opinion. I think a
1: soccer game is far more exciting. Far more exciting to watch. My last point is that I think that this is a sport more so than baseball. Baseball isn't really a good one. Um, Well, women don't play baseball and women don't play football, but... More so than those two sports, you can really look at like a really, really exciting game for women. Like when you watch WNBA games, they're exciting.
0: Yes, when you watch women's
1: soccer games, they're exciting. Hundred percent. Watching women's softball.
0: Oh, I thought. Oh, I I would push back. I I, the college World Series softball, great television.
1: Great television. Great UCLA. Yeah, Oklahoma. There you go. Well, anyway, I think that we have really missed out on our national pastime. It needs to be soccer now. That's what I've decided.
0: Wow. Why, why, why don't you take all, take the soccer, take your, take your Nordic bias, take your safety net, and just go, uh, go live among the uh, ten million Swedes. The Swedes. Nine
1: point nine five million Swedes.
0: Just to close a, a loop from our uh, previous topic, the professor at uh, Princeton is LaFleur Stevens Dugan.
1: Ooh, quite a name. Yeah. I, I feel like it. you res- just have to be a professor. Well, you know, I kind of. LaFleur Stevens. Dugan, the accountant, it doesn't work. Mm. You know? The marketing manager, it doesn't work.
0: Accounts receivable. Whitting caps. Almaden. Those that want to get in contact with the show can do so. Two different ways. Email splitthediff at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, splitdiffcast. We'll be back soon. This show is, I would say, an hour, sadly, and four minutes. Higher. Uh, is it like an hour and 15?
1: 117 and 18. Okay, we're done. 19. This was so long. 20. Bye. We had four topics.